Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Is there a spiritual principle that says that sacrifice is worth it? Yes, there is. Luke 6.38, it's very clear. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. That's not just about finances. I believe that's about time. God helps me as I give. God somehow is able to give back to me. And I can accomplish the things that I need to accomplish. So much of modern life is busy. It's filled with rushing from one place to another, from appointment to appointment, not getting enough sleep. So you might ask, how do I fit God in the busyness of my life? Pastor Mark will be teaching about this today. He'll show you how God's able to take those 24 hours that you have and as you make time for him, make it possible for you to do all the things you need to get done. Giving him first priority is the best way to live your life for you and for those around you. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 13 as he continues his message, Sacrifices That Please God. Let's talk about the sacrifice of praise. We won't spend a long time on that, but I think it's good for you to think about that. First Peter 4.16 If you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear his name. Easy said from the pulpit, much more difficult from Marissa Indian. Sometimes not easy from the pulpit. When we're all going through issues in life, physical, emotional, all kinds of things. See, only God can give this kind of attitude of praise. We learn from Exodus that God wants to put that song in our hearts. And when we're experiencing trials, well, let's be honest. It is often a sacrifice to sing praises to God. Because things aren't going well. It's easy when things are going well. If I stood up here and said to you, the stock market tomorrow is going to go up 2,000 points. Hallelujah! <laughs> Have you seen the latest Southwest commercial? The guy goes up and he goes to the line and he says, how much for the suitcase? She says, well, there's no charge for suitcases Southwest. In the background, hallelujah, chorus. And well, how much for this? And how much for that? How much for the window? And how much for a drink? There's no charge. Hallelujah. You see, that's because everything's going what? Good. Try one of the other airlines. First bag, 50 bucks. Let's see if you sing hallelujah then. But see, that's what he's saying. It's a sacrifice of praise. It's easy to sing praises to God when everything is going right. 
But when it's not, notice this verse. If you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear his name. Because again, we're just pilgrims. We're just traveling through. Now, God is the reason for our singing. It's not my circumstance. It's not my talent. You don't have to have talent. Our praise bands, they got great talent. God gave them that ability. But praise comes from my heart. And God gives me the song. That's it. Praise is due God. Let me just read you some things. I don't do this very often, but I thought it would be good. I should praise God on account of his excellency. Psalm 148, 13. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and heavens. Praise is due to God on account of his greatness. Psalm 145.3. Great is the Lord, worthy, most worthy of praise. His greatness, no one can fathom. I need to praise God because of his holiness. Isaiah 6.3 says, And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. I need to praise God. Daniel chapter 2 says, For his wisdom. He said, Praise the name of the Lord forever and ever, for he has all wisdom and power. In my devotions this morning, like I do regularly, I quite often write down things that I need wisdom for. Understand, you don't have wisdom because we don't see tomorrow. We don't see the circumstances, but God does. And I'm challenged in the book of James to ask for wisdom. And it's not like I gave it to you yesterday, I won't give it to you today. He loves to give us wisdom. In these days, make sure you're asking God for wisdom. Well, how about praising God for his power? Rise up, Psalm 21 says, O Lord, in your power, with music and singing, we celebrate your mighty acts. Also, praise is due to God on account of his loving kindness and truth. Psalm 138 says, I will bow down toward your holy temple and praise your name for your love and your faithfulness, for you have exalted above all things your name and your word. And last, and we really need this, I'm going to praise God because of his counsel. Psalm 16, 7, I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. You need counsel? The great counselor. That's God. So as you think about that, let me remind you quickly, one thing of praise that God isn't pleased with. Matthew 15, 8. These people honor me with their lips. Say it with me. But their hearts are what? Far from me. In other words, it's a ritual. Isaiah 29, 13 in the New Living Translation. I love this verse because it says it so clearly and it's a challenge to my heart as yours. And so the Lord says, these people say they are mine. Well, they honor me with their lips. But their hearts are far away, listen to how it says it, and their worship of me amounts to nothing more than human laws learned by rote. You see, it's it's got to come from our heart. Jesus, when he met that woman at the well, said, 
God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. Thank you. You know, when people walk into this place, I hear it very often, when they walk on the campus, they feel the spirit of the Lord is. You see, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom and there's love. Thank you for being worshipers and for having a sacrifice of praise. Some of you didn't feel like praising, but God's spirit got to you, didn't it? And as it did, as the guys led us in worship, maybe that spirit of heaviness left you because you focused on God and not those issues. Number two, look at Hebrews 13, 16. And do not forget to do good. Number two, the sacrifice of good works. Turn with me to Ephesians. Keep your finger. We'll be back. Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to read it to you out of the New Living Translation, but whatever you have, New King James, NIV, whatever. You say, Pastor Mark, the sacrifice of good works... Is that a sacrifice? Well, yes, it is. Let's remind ourselves, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Most of us can kind of do the King James right off the top of our head. So that's why I do the New Living Translation, so it won't be by rote memory. God saved you by his special favor, grace, when you believe. And you can't take credit for this. Because it's the gift of God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. Remember, well, what about the sacrifice of good works? Well, salvation's free. Don't get mixed up. Eight and nine is always salvation. It's a gift. It's based on belief of Jesus. It has nothing to do with works. The only work that it has to do with is the work that was done on the cross. But then notice what follows that verse, verse 10. So you can always remember that. This way I always remember it in my heart. Salvation is free by grace and then works. Works show that the salvation is real. How do I know that? Eight and nine come before 10. Even in modern math, eight and nine come before 10. So it makes sense to you? So when you see this, it'll help you for those people to get confused. It's not a works kind of righteousness, never. Well, look at verse 10, and I have it in the New Living Translation. For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So we're not saved by good works. We're saved for good works. That's the sacrifice. Hebrews 13, 16 Do not forget to do good, good works. Now, before you were born, notice what that verse says. He planned us long ago. Before you were born, God put a certain DNA in you. And he wired you with talents and abilities and a lifetime of opportunities to do good things for him. He's got a blueprint of your life. And before our conversion, he mapped out that spiritual career to us. And the excitement of life, and that's why I encourage you to get that book, The Wild Goose Chase, that encouragement is some of us are caged in by boredom and fear and unforgiveness, and we never reach the potential God wants. He has it for us, but we've allowed life to put us in its cages. 
And I think that book talks about six cages, if I remember right. It's a powerful book. So before I conversion, that spiritual map was there. My joy now is to watch that begin to happen as I ask him, all right, God, show me the opportunity. How does it work? What should I be doing? Let me read to you Hebrews 10. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see, listen, as you see the day approaching. Are we seeing the day approaching? That's the ending days. We're seeing it. We're one day closer for sure. But we're a lot closer than most of us even have any real understanding of it. Let me talk to you one. You say, Pastor Mark, good works. Why is that a sacrifice? Let me just mention this one, and you'll see it's a sacrifice. The sacrifice of time. You see, if I'm going to do good works, it's going to take some what? It's going to take some time. What's the most valuable thing you have other than your relationship with God? Do you know what it is? It's time. We all have the same amount every day, 24 hours. And see, people say, well, I don't have the time to do this. No, we make time, be honest, we make time for what's important to us. We simply do. And we do those things. And so there is a sacrifice of time for all of us. Those of us guys in the ministry, we already know that. I mean, that was a given. It was never a surprise to me. For some of these young guys coming on staff, it's kind of a surprise because they have no background, no religious background. Parents weren't ever in church. You know, I was raised up. My grandpa was a pastor. My dad was a pastor. We hung around pastors. I knew the deal. I knew what was going to happen. I watched my dad. He was constantly gone and doing this and that. And the good dad, good husband. But it's not like, oh, I did my eight hours today. Thank you very much. No, that's not ministry. Some of the young guys... Coming from places, someone was telling me recently, one of the pastors said, he only has to work two days a week. I'm thinking, where is that? <laughs> um, by the way, would I want that job? No. Why would I want that job? Two part-time? Come on. Go for it. So you're the same. I mean, you guys do so much for God. How do you do it? Sacrifice your time. As we talk about open another video campus, I remember the days when we... Some of you here, how many remember the days when we had to set up chairs every weekend? I remember the days. Can you still raise your arm? Can you read? You remember those days. Well, Vieira is experiencing those days now. Setting up, getting ready, get all the sound stuff, get things ready. You know, it's exciting for the first few weeks. <laughs> but after a while, it gets what? It gets simply old. I say that for Norm tonight because Sebastian's coming. It'll be very exciting for the first few weeks. And then what? That's where the sacrifice of time comes. Man, it's Saturday again. I got to go set. Yeah, it is. You set up again. You do it again. You do it again. You do it again. So understand that. My time, my energy, my gifting, my finances, if I give to God, he'll just give back to me. Sometimes it is a sacrifice. Now, I think you know this, and it's good to remind you this from the pulpit. My time first goes to God. Second, it goes to my wife. And third, it goes to you. So there's sometimes I say to people, would you drop everything and come over now? No, I will not. Why? Because I'm on a date with my wife. 
Well, that can wait. No, if that waits, then it waits for the next time and the next time and the next time. Then there's a problem. Same thing with devotions. When the Israelites are told that there's manna, God didn't send the delivery boy into them. They had to go out every morning and what? Get it. Did that take what? It takes time. So in your devotions, you say, well, if if I actually give God time first, is there a spiritual principle that says that sacrifice is worth it? Yes, there is. Luke 6.38, it's very clear. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. That's not just about finances. I believe that's about time. God helps me as I give. God somehow is able to give back to me. And I can accomplish the things that I need to accomplish. I won't have everything done. I never will have everything. My desk will never be totally clear. Yours won't either. If so, call us. We'll have some things for you. But that's just the way life is. But you're not going to be panicked. So I just want to again thank you. You're not only a praising congregation, but you definitely are a congregation that is well positive and grateful and working and hardworking. And so many are involved in so many things. The character of God really shows through you. Now go back to verse 16. In Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 16. Let me give you the third one. The sacrifice of sharing. Notice. And do not forget to do good and to share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. This is the sacrifice of our possessions in ourselves with other people. Notice, share with who? Others. So what does that mean? It reminds me we're a family. It reminds me you can't live to yourself. You can't be a loner. Pastor Mark, that's my temperament. I don't like to be around people. People don't like to be around me. Well, that's probably why, because you don't like to be around people. But notice, how are you going to share with others if there's no others in your life? And so that's why we challenge you. I was at one of the grocery stores this week, and the gal said to me, Pastor Mark, I finally, after five years or something, got in a home group. And I love it. Hello. And I went, good job. I didn't say that to her. Good job. See, she missed four years. Because you have to be in a small group where you can be sharing with one another. You say, well, how does that really work? Jesus spoke about it. Look at Matthew 25. And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. So helping another Christ follower is very pleasing to God because we're family. Does that mean I have to sacrifice to share with others sometimes? Yes, It does. What goes against the sacrifice of sharing? Selfishness and greed. You know what really is exciting, even though it's there were difficult times? You remember some of the hurricanes we had? When you went in your neighborhood, 
And people needed help in the neighborhood. People you never see because they're never out in the yard or whatever. They don't want to talk to you. But when there was a need, what? Everybody kind of got together. We're tearing trees down together. We're carrying things together. We and it's like it's supposed to be. It was like, wow, this is the way it works. Well, sure. And it took a sacrifice to do that. You see, no longer are we selfish. That's my thing. Watch my gate. Watch my yard. Here's where you don't get the thing to go over here. I got to chop that tree up. Nobody's caring about that because everything's all down everywhere. Roofs, holes, whatever. See, selfish and greed are the enemies of that. Now, where does selfish and greed come from? Do we see it in our homes ever? If you have a baby, and that baby gets to the ones and twosies, what word starts coming out of that child's mouth? (laughs) And of course, that came from who? Mom or dad? One of the two, actually, from both. That's where it comes from. Our dog, same way. Misu. She has a rabbit. It's her rabbit. And you got to chase her to get it. She doesn't say mine, but she protects it. It's hers. She's got to get it. you got to run after Mine. Let me ask you, the possessions that you have, whose are they really? Mm. Good thing to remember, isn't it? You know, there's interesting things, and just a reminder to you, sometimes during the times that we're going through, and this isn't a plea for anything because God's doing fine with us, But sometimes when we go through things, we watch the money we've put in this investment, and it's doing what? (laughs) It's going like this. And I'm not against investments. I have them just like you do. But you know the investment that we put in the kingdom of God? It always goes like this. Did you notice? It, It doesn't have a down day. And that's why Jesus said, store up treasure in heaven. So I challenge you with that, because the sharing is about that. It's not just about our finances. And the worst time to stop giving is during a time like this. Remember, give, and it will be given back to you. So this is really where we all trust God. And so just be faithful, not only in that, but thank you for sharing in your life, in your homes, or whatever. I want you to turn to a passage in John chapter 12. I want to contrast two people quickly, Mary, and then I want to contrast Judas, John chapter 12. Get down to verse 1. Six days before the Passover, Jesus arrived at Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' name, and Martha served, and Jesus honored Martha served, while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took a pint of Pyrnard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the whole house was filled with the fragrance of her perfume. But one of the disciples, Judas, who was later to betray him, objected. Now remember, we're talking about the sacrifice of sharing. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. Notice, the writer knew the heart, afterward obviously of Judas. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, 
because he was a thief. In his message today, Pastor Mark taught about what the New Testament has to say about sacrifices. You found out that God expects you to live your life as devoted to Him, the same way a sacrifice was treated in the Old Testament. You discovered that a lot of it has to do with living your life under His direction, not in theoretical ways, but by being led by Him every day. There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. In his next message, Pastor Mark will be winding up his teaching, Sacrifices That Please God. You'll hear about the biblical concept of giving and how that isn't just about money, but it touches on every aspect of the life of the Christ follower. Pastor Mark will talk about you as a living sacrifice and what it is that you've died to and what you're able to be living for. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through the book of Hebrews. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a herd.